Hi guys, welcome back to another episode. I am here today. Lauren had a great solo episode last week, but I'm happy to be back. Um, and Lauren has found an amazing guest for us today. Lauren, do you want to talk a little bit about her before we bring her on? Of course. What's up, guys? Um, happy to be back in your ears this week. I have been following this girl for, I think I started following her in the beginning of the quarantine. She's really amazing. Her name is Noam Raider. Um, she has an Instagram and a TikTok, but she really just posts health and wellness content. Um, she's a medical student living in Canada that she'll talk about, but she's really just a very intelligent um, and positive person. I recently went through all my Instagram and unfollowed people who did not bring me joy. And I kept her because she really, she promotes um, health and wellness in the best ways and is just a light on social media, which can be hard sometimes. So yeah, she's really awesome. We wanted to get like a medical student on the pod to talk about just the whole medical student world and um, all of that because we haven't had someone like that yet. But also, this is like a double, what, what do you call it? Like a, a double threat. Double? No, it's triple threats. What would a double? What would? The, what a, would? A, I don't know. Well, she's a triple threat because she has social media, medical student, and health and wellness. Yes, she does it all. <laughs> she's more than a triple threat. She's a million threat. But all right, so yeah, she's awesome, and this episode was really great. Me and Rachel had a lot of fun talking to her. So. And a fun side note is our magazine is going to be on campus this week. We will be tabling at the Student Center um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 11 to 2. So you guys will have to stop by and be on the lookout for that. That's the sound that the young girls got to eat when they have <laughs> So yeah, that's exciting. And if, you, if you're not going to be on campus or if you listen to this podcast from different places around the country, you can read the whole issue online, which will be linked in our bio and on the website, which is exciting as well. But yeah, get excited, guys, because it's coming soon. Okay, well, without further ado, here is the episode. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode with me. I'm super excited to be here. My name is Noam Rader, and I am from Ontario, Canada, just outside of Toronto, if that helps anyone with a frame of reference. Um, and just a little bit about me, I am a current medical student. I'm in my second year of medical school, and I am also a wellness slash lifestyle social media blogger. Um, I'm on Instagram and TikTok and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and I'm super passionate not only about medicine and healthcare, but also the wellness aspect of all of that and keeping us well, both physically and mentally is something I am really passionate about, but also just the fun, pretty lifestyle aspect of cute photos and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited that we have her on guys. I've been following her. I feel like I started following you during like the beginning of quarantine. Mm. like and ever since then like mm -hmm. I do have to say like you're probably one of my favorite accounts because I'm not just like I'm not just saying that guys just that's so sweet I really I really mean that you're probably like you're one of the stories that I always watch never skip through she's really great so this is gonna be a great episode and I'm super excited that you're here 
So thank you so much. Yeah. So um, how did you get into social media and becoming like a wellness? I don't know if you like the term mm-hmm. influencer or. I mean, yeah, it's all the terms are weird at this point. So you just got to roll with the punches. <laughs> yeah, being an influencer, I think is amazing. But I know that some people don't like to be called that. But I'm like, why not? They influence people and you do it in such a kind, loving and um, purposeful way. So I really don't see a problem with it. But anyways, how did you get into the whole social media landscape? Yeah, for sure. I mean, kind of related to that, but the idea of influencer, but I'll get to that later. Um, so something that not a lot of people know is that before I kind of started my current Instagram account, I had one when I was in my undergrad degree. So I think that's just college is what you guys would call it in the States. Um, and I kind of along the same premise of like health and wellness, but I deleted it because I was like, everyone is judging me. This is stupid. All the classic things we all tell ourselves. And then um, that was in second year of my undergrad degree. And then I got into medical school and I decided to restart it. And my purpose was still kind of the same. I was still passionate about the same things like creating healthy recipes and just sharing about the importance of working out and meditation and mindfulness and all of these things. But I also just really wanted a creative outlet in a field like medicine where there aren't always that many, although I do think science can be quite creative. Um, It can be a little bit stifling. So I really just wanted something outside of school to kind of put my energy into. So I renamed my account and I started my Instagram page. And at first it was just kind of for fun, but it's funny that you say that you started following me during the beginning of quarantine because we were pulled out of classes and I went from having hours of class a day to a couple hours online and so much free time and so much time in my childhood home that it was really um, a hobby that kind of expanded from there. And I think it helped me grow in so many ways and connect with so many people and honestly keep me sane throughout quarantine. So in summary, I think it's a bunch of factors, but right now I'm just so happy to um, have this page because whether it's three people, 30 people, 300 or 30,000, I think it's just such a great way to use social media to just create genuine connections with people. And um, like you said, influencer is a weird word, but if I can even influence one person positively to either make better decisions about their health and wellness, or just show some more self-love and compassion, that makes it totally worth it for me. So you are in school and you run this amazing account. How much time do you think it takes being an influencer and how do you balance that with med school? Yeah, for sure. I think that's a question I get pretty often is just like, how do you have the time for it? Um, And I think this answer is kind of twofold. I think the first component is if you love something and if you're passionate about it, you will find the time to do it point blank. Like it doesn't really become a chore at that point because for me, it is such a, like I said, creative outlet and such a nice place to put my energy that I want to do it. But I think the other aspect of this is we need to, or once we step away from social media being super curated and the super like unattainable type of thing, it actually isn't that hard to find the time because Really, if I'm just posting my everyday life and things that I'm actually doing every day and things that I'm actually eating every day, things that I'm actually wearing every day, things I'm thinking every day, it doesn't take that much effort. I think social media in this presence takes a lot of effort when you try to curate what you're trying to put out there, whether it's always dressing up in super cute outfits or always being on top of your game with eating healthy, working out, and so on. 
Um, yeah, so that's, that's not to say it's not a time commitment. It's definitely like I consider it as like my extracurricular, I always say, and, and honestly, a form of professional and career development. But it is effortless in the sense that it's, it's really just me kind of talking to my friends on my story. And that's the way I've enjoyed doing it. And that's the way I feel like I've gotten the best response and been able to really connect with people through the apps. That's, I've never really thought about it from that angle before. Like if you're not, if you're really being authentic and real, like you shouldn't have to put like, of course it's work, but you shouldn't have to put like that much effort into it. So really the time isn't as much as you think if it's really who mm-hmm. you are. That's very interesting. Um, and then you kind of mentioned about um, being how it's also you're also using it for your professional life as well. And I know I've seen you on your platform before that you say um, you've commented on when people talk about how you can't show your employers like the real you on your Instagram. You have to keep everything like professional um, and all of that kind of thing. Do you mind commenting on that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's something I really struggled with working through at the beginning. So like I said, I kind of, I always loved using Instagram, always loved like not even just like healthy eating and wellness, but also just like photos and outfits and all that kind of stuff. It's always been something I enjoyed in high school and so on. But I was really worried about it come medical school, not even having this like public profile, but even just like my personal profile for my friends. I was like, what can I post? Is this outfit professional enough? What kind of things should I be doing with my time? Should it all just be photos of me at research conferences? so on. And I think a lot of the struggle was in some cases in my head and me overthinking everything, but in other cases, a true problem that we see. I think the way that our society defines professionalism has become really skewed because I mean, if you, if you Google what professionalism means, it just means someone who's really good at their profession. And I think that's just such a simple way to put it. And we don't need to add all of these societal ideals of a professional dresses a certain way, a professional acts a certain way they talk a certain way I mean the common thing we hear now is like the difference in the ways women and men send emails right like women always have their exclamation marks and smiley faces and we're told that to be professional you should take those away but why why shouldn't men email more like we do why does that really matter and why do the things I wear or my hobbies dictate the way that I can treat patients as a future physician they really shouldn't. And if anyone thinks they do, I feel like that's just a little reform that they should, that they should think through in their minds. But that's my little rant on that. <laughs> I think about that quite a lot. Like, I feel like in the feminist movement at first, it was like, be powerful, like the man, wear a mm-hmm. power suit to work and all of that kind of stuff. And now it's like, if you want to, or I believe at least that the narrative should change into like, you can be a boss, you can um, be a leader and you can wear a dress. You can send mm-hmm. your face, you can be kind to people, you can show totally. skin and that doesn't have to take away any of your respect or um, professionalism. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's being a professional and being like you're saying, like the boss babe, that whole mentality, but doing it because you're a woman, not in spite of it. Like it shouldn't be this unattainable idea like, oh, so few women get there. It shouldn't, it shouldn't even be a question of gender the way I see it. It shouldn't be a question of modesty, a question of the way you dress. I mean, that's of course to say if a woman does want to wear a power suit and she does want to email without exclamation marks and she does want to cover up in her photos, that's totally fine too. Mm-hmm. But why are we putting one on a pedestal and the other off of it? I've, I've just never understood it growing up. So I felt like it's just something that I wanted to set, try to at least set the example of the opposite because I know I didn't have those types of role models when I needed them growing up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I totally, totally agree, obviously. Um, and be feminine and like you don't have to have if you have masculine en- energy then that's great do you but like feminine energy feminine energy doesn't take away anything from your power and I really I hope exactly. like people like you are showing um that to be true but I hope that it takes off a little bit more because I don't think people have fully started to grasp that yet unfortunately so could you take us through like a day in the life of you like I know you have sorry I am not in the medical world is it called clinicals every day that you go to or what are you yeah essentially so it it depends the stage of your of your training and also like the school you go to everyone names the different things but yeah so you have that sorry Rachel go ahead well I was gonna say I'm a big morning routine person so I'm super interested in hearing about your morning routine Okay, I guess I'll just start from the top and work my way down, although big disclaimer, every day is vastly different. I know even today I got someone who replied to one of my stories asking how many hours I study on the weekend, and I said some, maybe 10, some zero, like, but that's not the point right now. Um, So yeah, like you mentioned, right now I'm in the phase of medical school that's called either clinicals or clerkship, where essentially you're, I guess interning for lack of a better word at the hospital kind of you're you're kind of doing the job but obviously with supervision and some limited um allowances of what you can and can't do but anyways so yeah like i change rotations every few weeks but for example i just finished a psychiatry rotation last week so i wake up for my morning routine of course i am the biggest proponent of if i take my morning slow my day is just exponentially better i'd rather sleep less and have my time in the morning Um, kind of my morning routine non-negotiables are going to be journaling, but nothing crazy. Just like the five minute journal. I'm the biggest fan of that where you basically just write three things you're grateful for and three things you want to do that day and a positive affirmation. And it's truly changed my life. So I will stop giving them free advertisement, but everyone should just buy this journal. Anyways, I'm I'm like obsessed with the five minute journal. So good. I know it's just such an easy way to just like ground yourself before you start your day. Um, and then my other non-negotiables for the morning is of course, breakfast. I was like the biggest breakfast skipper when I was in college or undergrad, whatever you want to call it, just trying to rush to class being like, I'll eat later. But it just completely changes where my head is at having like a well-balanced meal. And, um, other than that, really just like taking my time again, listening to a good podcast or music as I get ready. And then Depending on what rotation I'm on, I go to work, which is usually at the hospital, but sometimes it'll be private clinics, depending what you're doing. Um, and that's usually like eight to 10 hours a day, depends. Um, and then come home, do maybe an hour or two of work a day, some days none, it, it really depends. Um, and then probably also spend some time doing my Instagram kind of stuff, putting up the posts I need to do, replying to emails, so on. Um, but then, yeah, I, I try to get to bed. I'm working on my night routine currently. Can't say I've perfected that one, but trying to to read before bed, do all those kind of things. Because I think at the end of the day, whether it's medicine or any other high stress profession or just anyone with big dreams and big goals and busy days, we really need these morning and nights to kind of slow us down and make sure we're ready for the next day. Because I've experienced burnout and I don't want to keep going through it. So I'm just trying to prevent it for myself. And that's something, again, that I'm really passionate about sharing through my page, because it's not something that I feel like is spoken about in these high profession fields like medicine, but also so many others. Um, you have like such, it sounds like you have such like a long 
stay. Um, yeah. <laughs> vitamins or like supplements to stay energized? I mean, really just coffee. I've tried to stop drinking coffee so many times in my life and I have um, failed miserably. Um, I am trying to cut back though. Um, but I think really the biggest, they're the best supplements, which aren't really supplements, are just really eating well-balanced meals and drinking water. I think health just really needs to go back to the basics and whether it's health in terms of sleep or health in terms of your energy, anything like that, it's really just about getting enough sleep, getting um, a good meal three times a day at least and, and drinking water. I mean, again, I think um, college culture and also just hustle culture in any busy field promotes things like, oh, skip lunch to do work or skip breakfast to sleep in, like all of these things, like literally telling us there's no time to eat, no time to get a good amount of sleep, no time to take a water break. Um, but really, I've noticed those, those make the biggest difference for me. And also just like having my de-stressing moments. So my morning routine, for example, taking those extra 30 minutes in the morning really keeps me more energized during the day, even if it means sleeping for 30 minutes less, if that makes any sense. You also seem like you have a really good attitude toward um, not having the perfect day all the time and not getting everything done that you need to do. Like you keep saying, I don't do this every day. Like you keep making that disclaimer. You're not trying to um, show this like false perception of who you are. And mm -hmm. you're very real about that. So could you speak a little bit on that? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest hurdles in health and wellness in our society, in our community, so on, is just making it this unattainable thing, telling us that we have to do all these different steps in our morning routine, eat kale and quinoa and all of these things, every single meal that we can never touch a carb or never touch a processed food, so on and so forth. But all this does is really just push people away from even trying and especially I mean, people in situations or communities that have even harder time accessing these types of things, like the classic food deserts and so on, we make it seem like this, this unattainable thing, buying these expensive powders and all these serums, stuff like that. It really doesn't need to be that. I mean, I think some of these things do obviously have benefit. I mean, kale is great for you. Some powders and serums can be amazing, but can you be healthy without them? Of course. And can you be healthy with only some of them? Of course. And it's still better than nothing. Um, so I think that's something I struggled with was seeing health and wellness influencers promoting this unrealistic ideal, which I do think people have started to step away from, but it would be these, these crazy, like life goals on Instagram, all of that. And it just makes you so much more wary of trying. So yeah, I think sometimes even subconsciously, I always try to disclaim whether it's on Instagram or talking to anyone that it's, I don't want to make anyone think that my life is perfect, that I am perfectly balancing medical school and running an Instagram blog and extracurriculars and research and all of that. I'm not. Some days I am super stressed. Some days I do no work at all and stay in bed. And that's totally fine because taking that pressure away from ourselves really just lets us be more productive and just honestly happier down the road. Yeah. And I know me as well. I've struggled from burnout. Um, to be honest, kind of struggling from burnout as we speak. So there yeah, me too. I mean, kind of following the same strokes as what I just said, but a bit different. I think when you look up kind of how to get a burnout, they're going to suggest all of the types of things I said. So they're going to say eat healthy, work out, journal, do all these self-care things. And those can be really great. They're, they're saying these for a reason. They do work. But sometimes I found find when I'm really burnt out, I just need time to do none of that. I kind of call it just like free time or just play time or however you want to put it, but doing things that aren't 
productive in the sense because even self-care is productive at least in my mind I'm like I should work out because it betters myself I should eat healthy because it betters myself but so little time and so little of our hobbies and such are actually spent on things that are purely for joy so just going or painting even if you're not that great of a painter or going on a bike ride or just watching a movie in bed like sometimes that's really what you need to treat burnout and adding this extra stress of um, journaling and eating healthy and working out and fitting this two-hour morning routine is the opposite of what you need sometimes. So I think it's really just taking it easy on yourself is what's at least helped me. Again, I am not certified to to treat burnout, but I can definitely speak from my experience that just just being kind to myself and and honestly, it's about forgiving yourself and saying, like we said earlier, like it's okay if you didn't do any of that today. It's okay if you're falling behind. It's not the end of the world. What is going to be the end of the world is if you don't let go of it and you keep beating yourself up about it. This is kind of a little off topic, but essentially I think burnouts are really common with like online learning and virtual learning. Um, Mm -hmm. How has it been during COVID with the whole med school thing? Like, did you guys learn any online or I guess you guys have in-person clinicals, but how does that work? Yeah, so I actually went into COVID during my first year. I get my, my medical program is a bit different from others. Just for anyone listening who's in a program and doesn't understand, it's a three-year program that's um, accelerated. So we just go through the summer. So usually you start clinicals in third year, but we start in second year. But now that that preface is done, I started, COVID started in the middle of my pre-clerkship or pre-clinical years, which is kind of like our online didactic learning, what is a heart attack, et cetera. Um, so I was switched to online until about December, I think we started in person. So I've only been in person for a few months now. So I definitely understand the online fatigue. I mean, I think people forget how hard college and medical school and any schooling can be because it's also really fun. And you also get this amazing social aspect and the campus aspect and all of these things that really I found, at least when I was an undergrad in the beginning of medical school before COVID really motivated me. It was fun to go to lecture and see your friends. It's fun to go to the library and study with your friends. The studying can be interesting sometimes, but I'm not going to lie to you and say that I love it all the time and that I'd rather sit there and study for eight hours a day in my room by myself than do nothing else. So mm-hmm. I think part of it is, is reminding ourselves of that. And for anyone who's still online, realizing that it's been a year of it and you're going to be burnt out. And if your grades aren't as good or you're not doing as well in your extracurriculars or anything else, that's totally normal. Like I think the beginning of, of well, COVID and quarantine, everyone would respond to any email and the excuse was always unprecedented times, all of that. Like all, all assignments were delayed. Everything was fine. People were really struggling at first. Um, uh, myself and people I know around me were just really too anxious or too sad to do a lot of these things. But now that we've been in for a year, I think we've kind of lost the ability to use that as not an excuse. That's not the right word, but as our reasoning as to why why we can't do this right now but the stressors haven't gone away and if anything they've been amplified i mean obviously canada and the us are in different states right now but neither is better there's still people getting getting the virus every day there's still people losing their jobs but we've suddenly just been expected to just cope with it and just adjust after uh, 18 19 20 years of our lives living in a completely different world so i think it's just remembering that hopefully it's just a year or two but I don't want to jinx that, but things will go back to normal. And it's all you want to do is just get through the time. You don't need to be excelling at everything right now. You just have to make it through in mostly good shape. 
Um, kind of shifting the conversation a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about your self-love and um, body image, all of that, um, that journey? Yeah, for sure. So I think for me, like many other girls, it started, I guess some point in high school, I don't know, whenever the day is that you suddenly become aware of your body and other people's bodies. And suddenly, it seems like overnight, every single person in your friend group and every other friend group is on some different diet and some different juice cleanse and complaining about some different part of their body. And it's it's really overwhelming. And it's a sad um, aftermath, I think, to a lot of aspects of our society that at a young age, there's so much pressure when really at, at 16, 17, your body isn't even fully developed, but that's besides the point. So I got into, of course, or I shouldn't say of course, but like many other girls, a lot of self-esteem issues and just being nitpicky and that kind of led to dabbling with different diet trends and different workouts and all of these things that now I know are not effective or productive. But I think for so many years, it was just going from this diet to this trend, trendy diet to this trendy workout to changing things up to forgetting everything at all, kind of going in these constant cycles and always just based off a distaste for what I look like. And I think it, it took partially probably me maturing, but also finding the right, the right role models and people to show me that really it's all just based off unattainable ideals. Like our ideals of a perfect body are, are so flawed or ideals of what is healthy are so flawed. Um, so I really think it's only been in recent years where I've really learned to just love my body the way it is and, and eat healthy and work out and do all these wellness things not to look a certain way, but just to feel good, just to live a long life, to avoid disease. And I think being in medical school has also amplified that, at least for myself, and seeing all of these diseases, whether it's a heart attack or it's cancer or it's anything and everything in between, they're all related to the way we take care of ourselves. Um, so, and I think, unfortunately, it's a bit counterintuitive, but a lot of young girls who are trying to, quote unquote, take care of themselves by working out and eating healthy end up doing so much more damage than they realize, maybe even if not physically, then mentally. And it's just not worth it. I mean, if COVID showed us anything is that life is just too short to waste another day, like at war with your own body. You just need to kind of accept it and do what you can to, to do the best for it. And I think that's made being healthy so much more enjoyable, so much more attainable. If I skip a workout, I just had vegetarian chicken nuggets for lunch. I feel great. Do I think that's the healthiest thing to eat? No, but because I allow myself to eat whatever I want now, I'm not going to feel those kind of cravings later. And now that I can look in the mirror and re recognize that my body is just a body, it, it really doesn't matter the way you look. It's allowed me just so much more time and, and mental capacity for other happinesses in my life. So I saw on your story, First of all, thank you again for speaking on that. I know of course. It may be a little bit difficult to talk about your own um, journey with self-love and your body. So thank you for sharing with us. Um, and then I saw in your story a few days ago, you put out a question box that said, what do you tell yourself on, ba on bad body image days? Could you give us like your favorite replies to that or maybe just like your own reply to what you tell yourself? Yeah, so I think that kind of started from, I was just sharing how I kind of see it and something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, but it was so interesting seeing other people's responses. So I think my personal approach is probably on like the more scientific level and me being a little bit nerdy, but that's okay. Um, but 
the way I think about it is if let's say you have rolls on your stomach, which first of all, 99% of people do. If you don't, I don't, I don't really understand how, but that's a different story. And if you have a scar, you have these different parts of your body, these denser lumps that you don't like, it's really, all it is, is just cells, right? And I, I picture those diagrams of cells they show us in seventh, eighth, 10th grade, whenever we learn it, and all the different organelles in the cells and all of these processes. And um, it's really, really just miraculous, really, that we're even alive. Like the statistical chances of humans existing the way we do is kind of phenomenal. So I just think about that as a way to why am I upset at this point? Like, I'm just so happy that my cells work well because so many people with diseases, their cells don't work well. And that's really sad to hear. And they would give anything to live in any sort of functioning body. And they would not care if that body had rolls, if it, if it had hip dips, if it had a thigh gap, they, they wouldn't care. Um, and I think um, the other big thing I focus on is what do I love about myself that isn't physical? Because that's what's really going to matter at the end of the day. And I think it's something that is said a lot, but no one's going to show up to your funeral and say, wow, she was really hot or she had a really great body or, or she had such beautiful eyes, whatever it may be, anything physical, that's not what they're going to focus on. And um, so how are you going to build your character to have positive attributes that aren't based on the outside? And the less time we spend worried about what we look like, the more time we can invest into these inner positive attributes, like being kind, being creative, being intelligent, all of these things that everyone has the capacity to reach, but sometimes we get so distracted with other things that really don't matter at the end of the day. That's one thing I wanted to ask you about is I believe that wellness comes from within and not just like the outside part. So mm -hmm. what are some like self-care things you like to do for to promote like good mental health? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think my, I'm the biggest proponent of if you are struggling even a little bit, you don't even have to be diagnosed with mental illness. You don't have to have gone through trauma or any major life event. If your thoughts are distressing you and you have the means to do so, find someone to reach out to, a licensed therapist. I think it's just everyone should be in therapy. Really, I truly believe that there's, there's no reason someone wouldn't benefit from it. Some people do need it more than others and more intensively, but I think it's a really great choice that I've made for myself. And there's so many accessible options these days on the internet, um, or even if you can't afford a therapist, there's online programs and stuff like that that are just so important. I think that's number one, because again, I am, I mean, hopefully one day I will be, but I'm currently not a licensed mental health therapist. But the other things that I do um, is also trying to just practice mindfulness and meditation and remembering kind of where you are in the world and just grounding yourself in that kind of similar to remembering that what you look like doesn't matter, but also remembering that all these other buzzers and stressors in your life also probably won't matter. So just kind of taking that time. Um, and the last thing I think is for me personally is just physical activity and movement, especially outdoors. But um, I think that's been a huge shift for me as well. Like I said, I used to work out to look a certain way to make my butt look more plumpy or to make my stomach look fatter, flatter, whatever it may be. But now it's really just a time for me to clear my head and feel like I'm putting myself first. So again, these things may not apply to everyone, but I think it's taking the time to get to know yourself and, and realize what, real, what are the things that really do make you feel good and prioritizing those just like you do school, just like you do your job, anything else, because there's really no point of, of, being alive if you're not going to be happy in the in the life you live I love that and I think the same thing like I was in my car the other day and 
sometimes like when I get too overworked or that's what I'm doing all day, like I feel like I almost like don't, and this sounds very sad and dark and I don't mean it as bad as it sounds, but sometimes- No judgment here. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, I don't deserve to be happy right now. I have so much work to do. I'm not gonna like- start like bopping around because I have to go home and work but like what's the point of going to do that work to progress me in my life if I'm not gonna be happy in the meantime you know yeah I think I saw this TikTok the other day and it seemed so rudimentary and simple but it was somehow so life-changing to me and it was as simple as a voiceover over some clips and it was just said no job no career, no success, nothing, literally nothing is worth your mental health. And I think that's something we all kind of say, but people don't really mean. They say, oh, mental health comes first. They're like, but you should probably still study for your exam, Mm -hmm. but you should probably still secure a job, but you should probably still keep your friends around, so on. But it's shifting this mentality of if, if mental illness and physical illness were equated, if someone said, would you pick a job or would you pick getting some sort of chronic disease? You would pick like, no, sorry. You know what I mean? If you would pick lose your job and um, be healthy or keep your job, but get a chronic disease and only live for a few more years, you would of course say, I don't need this job. I'll find a new job. But somehow for mental illness, we think we need to tough it out. We think it's not as bad and we don't deserve to kind of give ourselves the space to do so. But I think it's like, it's really anything. If anything in your life is weighing you down, you need to take a pause and reevaluate how to, how to change or get rid of this thing because it's really just not, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. To switch a little bit. So I saw that you're listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast, which I also love, literally was just listening to it before this, but what other podcasts, um, podcasts for fun, but also podcasts for like health and wellness? Who do you look Mm -hmm. for all of that? And also yeah. Instagram accounts. Yeah, Instagram accounts as well. It's good. All right. Well, for, for podcasts, I think I'm kind of all over the place. Um, I think I listen to some people who are kind of around my age and kind of super casual, but just like give good advice and like chat someone like Emma Chamberlain. I also love Lauren Elizabeth's podcast, Mood. I think she always talks about really important topics. Uh, recently, I've been loving um, Lexi Lombard's podcast, if I'm saying her name correctly. It's just Lexi. That one's so great, too. But I also really like using podcasts as a way to educate myself in, in, the, least, in the least rude way, but also from people who are, who are 40, 50, 60 in these fields and kind of can give you that real evidence. I love Oprah's podcast. I love Brene Brown's podcast in terms of health and wellness, but also some physicians like Dr. Mark Hyman and um, Dr. Hazel Wallace. They're both just physicians who talk a lot about wellness. So I think it's just really switching things up. And I think podcasts are such a great way to just collect information in your everyday life. I mean, I think the more you know, really, the more power you have, as cheesy as it sounds. So if I'm just like getting ready in the morning, or I'm just driving in the car, I'd love to just learn about a new topic, even if it's something I don't really know anything about like something in the news, some political problem in the world. I think we have so much free time that we don't realize we have and podcasters are such a great way to, to kind of fill that and, and just connect with people and hear new stories. I think it's, it's really special. I agree. And I love Brene Brown. I love her. I love her novels. I haven't listened to every single one of her podcast episodes, but I think she's a great writer and she's really she's honestly changed my life. So hundred percent. Exactly. I think we need to, of course, be listening to people um, in our spheres and in our levels in life, I guess, for lack of a better word in terms of age and such. But 
I think we also, there's so much just knowledge to be learned, whether it's from books or just people who are well endowed in these fields. Um, yeah, no, I love her. So great. The best. Um, and then we always finish off our episodes with some sort of life hacks. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so we've had like really random life hacks. It could be like one of your favorite restaurants or one of your favorite stores, like anything like that, or just like a life hack you think college students should know. It could be health and wellness based, really anything. So we we'll think about one. Yeah. It could be okay. like a favorite quote or like an amazing movie you watched the other day. It could be literally anything. Just something to change our lives. No pressure. <laughs> None at all. Um, I think, at least for me, one of the, not really quotes, but one of the sentiments that's really changed my life is you don't need to listen to everyone's advice and everyone's opinion. I think um, when we're young and growing up, we're told, like I'm even saying now, these podcasts, listen to people, so on. But I think it's really raising that critical eye of, which people um, should you actually listen to and which should you not? So for example, um, if someone is, let's say you want to start an Instagram account and someone's telling you that it's not professional and that you shouldn't do it. And you need to look at this person and take their life at face value. They could be super successful. They could be a great person. But if you don't want to live their life, if there aren't aspects of their life that you want to, to embody to be more like, you don't need to take their advice because taking their advice will just align you with their life path. And that's not your life path. Um, and there's other people who might give you advice and you actually really admire and you might want to be more like, and then you might want to give that advice some more merit because it's not to say that we know it all and you're going to listen to anyone, but this also goes for your, not even people superiors, but even your friends. If your friends don't like what you're doing, think about the people you surround yourself with. And if those are the kind of people you want to be more like, because you really become the energy that's around you. So yeah, it's not very revolutionary, but I think that kind of mentality has really changed my life in terms of finding people to surround myself with, but also realizing that my goals don't have to be the same as someone else's in order to be valuable. I love, I love that. that. And you said that's not revolutionary, but I think to a lot of people it will be. Um, that's a great point. And totally, just yeah. the platform, like, may have to edit this out, but Donald Trump had maybe the biggest platform in the country. And would I take his advice? Hell no. So. Oh, yeah. I'll second that one. <laughs> and I don't even live in the U.S. So. <laughs> um, but, yeah, exactly. I think for social media as well, it's, it's just use a discerning eye of who you follow and who you don't, whether they're, they're giving poor commentary, whether it's on body image or it's on politics or it's on what to do for your health. Just use, just use critical thinking more, not like just everyone I think really needs it, especially in today's, in today's climate with, with news on, on vaccines and on politics and on different things. Everyone should make decisions for themselves, but making sure you make your decisions off credible sources and people who you trust is, I think, really important for not only self-advancement, but really just for life. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for the life hack. That was awesome. Yeah, of course. And then if Always you, happy to chat. And then if you want to plug any of your platforms, or I know you have merch as well, right? Yeah, so so my Instagram and TikTok, I'm kind of on both, and they're very different vibes. Um, but it's Noam, which is N-O-A-M-R Wellness on both of those. That's also my website, but who really uses websites these days? And then, yeah, in terms of, um, I guess it's sort of merch, but I, I started a little clothing line 
just kind of promoting body positivity and inclusive health and all that kind of stuff. And it's called Inclusive Health Collection. Um, on Instagram is usually where you can keep up with that. But yeah, all of that can be found through my through my main Instagram as well. And we'll also have it all linked down in our show notes. Guys, it is amazing. I mean, you can tell now that you have listened to her, but um, <laughs> following your platforms is always the highlight of my day, I will say. So that is so sweet. It's been such a pleasure. I'm so happy we're able to find a time to chat. And if anyone's listening and anything resonated with you, that makes it so worth it. So thank you guys for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Hi guys. So I'm editing right now and realize that we forgot to film an outro. Also realize that I never really do an outro. So this may be the first outro that I've done so far. Um, but I think it's more professional. So we're going to keep doing this. So just some plugs, go follow us at Karenel underscore LF and Karenel Talks on Instagram. Um, our main account also has a TikTok, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube channel, uh, LinkedIn if you want to get businessy, and yeah, a Spotify account too, which I post, try to do weekly um, albums, which are super, super fun. So yeah, go check us out on all of those. I try really hard to have like some fun, engaging content, um, some interactive stories a few times a week, and just some fun posts that you like to see pop up in your feed, and also just stay updated with the magazine and what's going on with us. But yeah, hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. I know I love talking to her, and I hope you all are having a wonderful, wonderful day, night, or morning, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode.